Hello and welcome to ReggieState.com podcast number 37. On this episode, James and myself will take a look at two DC animated movies, Justice League Dark, that focuses on the character of John Constantine and the mystical side of DC. Is the movie a shit monster? And Batman vs. Two-Face, as Adam West and Burt Ward, everyone's favorite dynamic duo from the 1960s, takes on William Shatner's Harvey Two-Face and why this movie has extra meaning. According to Deadline, the two stars that wrote the book on how a buddy cop movie should be want to do it one more time can it happen should it happen or are they just too old for this shit one of the stars of shane black's the predator movie lets the audience know what they should expect when it opens in theaters next year and finally one of the major stars of warner brothers dcu talks about the course of the franchise and how it can be stronger and which movie was the step in the right direction all this and much much more i'm sure joining me as always james welcome hello how are you? Good. How are you doing, man? All right. Coming up to that fun time of the year on uh, movies, of course. But um, Time of the year? It's nonstop. I, I, I know. You and I both have watched two of the uh, animated movies Warner Brothers Animation has put out this year. Justice mm-hmm. League Dark that came out actually back in February of this year or January, depending if you got it digitally. And then, of course, we also watched the second movie, the sequel, if you want to say, to Batman and the Return of the Cape Crusaders with uh, Batman uh, versus Two-Face with Adam West, of course. I want to start with Justice League Dark. I like the movie, but at the same time, I don't like the movie. When I say I don't like the movie, it's not because I think the movie is necessarily bad. It just wasn't my cup of tea yeah i kind of felt the same here's here's the deal i've seen a couple of these uh dc animated i've seen quite a few of them Mm -hmm. and with a few exceptions like the the adam west batman cartoons those being one of the exceptions there's a couple others but with a few exceptions honestly they're all kind of the same they go for the the edgy the like batman's a badass and he cusses and blah 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 and i don't know i've just seen a couple and they all just kind of seem the same to me and it, it's all a standalone mm-hmm. story there's no origin right. which is fine but like, and they can get away with doing certain stories that may not be as feasible on the big screen as far as actual live action and that's fine and i get it and the movie did start out in a way that did catch my attention but then after a certain point when it started to focus more on the constantine character which i've got no problems with that character it's just he's just not my cup of tea honestly i would have rather they just cut batman out entirely well, and that's did a what constantine I was cartoon that would have been constantine with going into like back in the day they called them image this was the side of dc that the lesser known side maybe yeah they were typically more for adults they were darker they were better written honestly you know you had sandman who was not in this movie swamp thing sandman was done by um neil gaiman he was amazing swamp thing originally before it was image i think was done by for a long time there was done by alan moore of the watchman then you also have etragon He's been around for a while, but I think I'm sure he was part of the Image group. Oh, and of course, Constantine. Constantine, by the way, first appeared in Swamp Thing comics. Right. I did see that on the one of the special features I watched on it. Honestly, if they would have just cut Batman out, I would have liked it better. It's a good cartoon. It's a good time waster. I really do kind of like some of these darker characters. I always feel weird. Even in Neil Gaiman's Sandman, every now and then a Justice League character would just show up out of nowhere and those books were not superheroes mm-hmm. those comics were very um full of metaphor and all this and like very weird deep 
like science fiction stuff. And then all of a sudden Martian Manhunter pops in. Wait, what? And so I always felt like whenever they'd put the main DC superheroes in there, I never really cared for that. I was like, okay, let's move this shit along. I want to go back to like actually reading about these weird characters. And that's kind of how I felt with this movie too. You know, there was also Dead Man. I'm familiar with the character, but not very well. I thought he was kind of interesting. What exactly is that character per se because i saw it he was interesting to a point but they didn't really explain much about him i honestly the most i know about him i'm familiar with his design with the art i know who he is but i really don't know much else i wasn't being introduced to the character when i watched it but i sort of was i know very little about him so i can't really answer that question i think he actually and don't quote me on this but i think he's a little bit older too i think he was maybe a late 60s character okay i could be wrong i could google it but i'm not going to (laughs) zatanna she's a great character i think she was in the justice league for a while well that would make sense at the end when she says she's been asked by batman to join the justice league okay you know then you know that would make sense she was in the justice league for a while i believe she's the daughter of there was another sorcerer before her and i can't remember his name but they were kind of like the doctor strange type characters of dc okay and only they made her like super sexy and all that. But <laughs> now I did like how the movie started out. And I think she had a relationship with Batman, at least in the animated cart. I know she did in the nineties animated cartoon. There was an episode with her granted in that cartoon. There was sci-fi stuff. It wasn't like full on Nolan, mm-hmm. like where it was hyper realistic, but there was sci-fi characters like Clayface and all that. But I think they tried to stay away from the supernatural. If I remember correctly, I think she, She was just an illusionist. Okay. They played her off as being very realistic. They also gave her some karate moves just so she could keep up with Batman, obviously. But yeah, that was kind of interesting. But I mean, I did like the way this movie started out because they started out this movie with this woman in her car seeing normal people as monsters and she mows them down with her car. Yeah, it was re- pretty creepy. Not pretty, realizing it. Yeah. And then they go to this guy who's holding a gun. You, you assume he's talking about more creatures, but really he's holding his wife and kids hostage. That Superman comes in the stops and then Batman with this woman who's going to throw her own child off the Mm -hmm. building and he saves the child but in the meantime she throws herself off the building committing suicide just in that first five minutes alone i was intrigued it's like okay this is kind of dark for an animated superhero movie so at that point i was buying into it but once it started moving more and more into the constantine stuff which i knew he was in the movie i just wasn't sure exactly where they're gonna go with it like you said you really after you got past really the justice league scene and maybe getting to constantine you the hospital scene was kind of creepy too yeah you could have really removed batman and oh yeah totally because i think batman after the justice league scene grunted more than he actually yeah no i totally agree batman is for dc and marvel they do the same thing with wolverine maybe to a lesser extent with he's kind of the selling point yeah they they, exactly Put him on the cover, put him in the movie, even though he's not really doing much, but if he's there throughout, maybe people will actually buy into it. Yeah, that's... A lot of times, that's all characters like Batman and Wolverine are there for, is to get people to buy the damn thing, even though they're barely characters. They're not relevant to the plot. Yeah. 
What do you think of the one hospital scene with the the literal shit monster? And forgive our language here, but if was you that watch, literal? Was it actually made out of feces? I took it as that. That's it's, pretty gross. Since, since if it that's came the out, case. since it came out of the toilet, that's gross. Yeah, since it came out of the toilet, and with the end when those two came back, Constantine and the and the one. Oh, that's came, why they kept saying. I wasn't really paying. To be honest with you, I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> uh, that's why they kept saying it smells bad or something. And when they like came that. out, and they and she finally got that's rid of it. Gross. Like, that's just gross. Yeah, that was a little shitty of him. Yeah. Sorry the, for but, the um, pun. But really, after the hospital scene there and with all that, I was like, okay. I watched it. It was okay. They lost me on certain parts of it with all the mystical stuff. Maybe just because I wasn't familiar with those characters much. So maybe I just kind of semi-checked out. I don't know. But I would say the movie's not bad. It's it, not it, bad. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I, I know my I wife. I never watched it. I know my wife watched it, and she thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, you know, those are great characters. If you ever get a chance to read Sandman or Swamp Thing comics from the good eras, mm. I highly recommend it because they are really good. And characters like Etragon, the demon, is that his name? Etragon? Now, was that the guy he was split with? Yeah, okay. he was human from the Middle Ages. There was some sort of pact. I can't remember if he made the pact or if someone else made the pact, but his soul merged with the demon Etragon. I mean, that's about it. Which made this guy live basically forever. That character's really cool. When I first heard of that character, I think, was when I read Sandman comics, because he would appear here and there. Like I said, he's actually an older character. I think he's from the, at least from the 70s. I mean, he might be a little older than that. Swamp Thing, those comics are great. Now, Swamp Thing is one character I would love to see come back to live-action movies. Yeah, I would, too, That's, that's one movie. With today's technology, I mean, they can make Iron Man Have and Spider-Man. Have the Wes Craven Swamp Thing? Years it's ago. so good. Years ago. I, that is a B-movie. Right. Full-on B-movie. It's been uh, years. Wes Craven, the guy who did Nightmare on Elm Street and Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, he's passed away a few years ago, but I loved Wes Craven. And I believe and you said in a previous podcast that was like his like third movie. Third or fourth. Yeah, that might have been his third. I think it was before Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it was after The Hills Have Eyes. I, I never saw that in theaters, but where I do remember seeing it, I remember seeing it as a kid on HBO. Mm-hmm. And that's where I saw it. Yeah, I loved that movie as a kid. So I it's, thought that was great. It, it is a B movie and a half. Like, I mean, those special effects are pretty terrible. But it's actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. After his arm gets cut off, kind of sitting there, and she asks him if it hurts. He says, only when I laugh. I think that's like <laughs> one of the greatest lines ever on a B movie, honestly. One character I'd love to see come to the movies, even if it was just a, a single standalone movie. Not even connected Fun anything. fact, Marvel's man Thing, which is a hilarious name, and when you topple that with the fact that annual comics, they'd make a large edition, and they'd call it giant size, like giant size Spider-Man. Oh, no. Well, yes, there were giant sized Man-Thing comics. Aside from how hilarious that is and how, like, <laughs> stupid the name is, believe it or not, Marvel came out with Man-Thing before DC came out with Swamp Thing. What you think about it is, how did you not come up with Swamp Thing first? Yeah, yourself? they're very similar characters. Man-Thing lives in the swamp, 
Trump. And then my favorite, though, I think it was Roy Thomas was talking about, it may not have been him, but it was one of the guys from Marvel, was talking about Man-Thing and about how he hated the title. But the best part is, if you read his quote, he doesn't even get why the title's so bad. He's just like, we already had a character named The Thing. No, you're not getting it. It's because it's called Man-Thing. It sounds like you're reading a, a book about dongs. What the <laughs> hell's wrong with you people? In but case, Swamp Thing's great. Yeah, uh, Swamp highly, Thing is great. Highly recommend you read that. I was glad he was in the movie, but when he fights the bad guy, which I'm aware of that character, but I don't remember his name. But when he fights him, it's like, oh boy, another superhero battle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're going to tear down Gotham or whatever town they were in. Yeah. In case you weren't aware, of course, obviously, the guy who did the voice of Constantine in, in the Justice League Dark is the same guy who did it on TV, Matt Ryan. Also, Jerry. The live action yeah, show? Live really? action. That was the same guy. I heard that show was good. I never watched it. But I it guess no one else did. The same guy. Jerry O'Connell was Superman, and Rosario Dawson was actually Wonder Woman. Really? I might have picked it up. If she'd been in the movie longer, I might have picked up on it. I only know that from the credits. Yeah, the uh, the Justice League characters were barely in it. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was really about these other characters. Right. Although I did find the line that Green Lantern in the movie spoke of when Batman finally walks off and makes some comment about, you know, people should be spending more time in the city instead of flying over it. And they show Green Lantern sitting at the table. I did find it funny when he goes, huh, he's more friendlier than I thought. <laughs> I did like that line. That was kind of funny. Moving on, Batman versus Two-Face. Adam West's last time voicing, of course, Batman slash Bruce Wayne, also with Burt Ward and Lee Merriweather as Catwoman. The sequel to uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders. Straight out love this movie. Yeah, I do. I, I loved it. Actually, I liked it better than the first one. That's what kind of what I was... They like. probably should have just went straight to the... Well, I don't know. It was kind of nice to see the other characters. You know, Stephen Colbert was the Riddler, which is funny because on the Lego movie, Conan O'Brien is the Riddler. So, like, <laughs> they just used talk show hosts to play that character, I guess. No, I really liked it. And I thought it was fitting that his final Batman role was with the character, one of the, the biggest villains that never in got, Batman that never got, got on the show. Yeah. Right. It was funny because it looked like, you know, Batman and Catwoman were having this date, but really they were just talking through prison bars yeah. with Batman sitting on the side of the building. <laughs> And they did this a little bit on the first one, but they did it more on this weird gay jokes about Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. Mm -hmm. Henrietta clearly thinks they're gay. Or, I'm sorry, what's her name? Aunt Harriet? Y yeah, I believe so. Because, you know, the reason why that character was introduced to that show was, yeah, they were like, we need women on the show be so they don't seem so gay. And it's like, yeah, because gay men have never been friends with women before. Good job, guys. Yeah. But, uh, Aunt Harriet Cooper is but, yeah, uh, that yeah, she's always like, oh, going on one of your fishing, fishing trips. trips. Yeah. And then I also like when Two-Face has him on that giant billard table. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Robin goes, golly, look at the size of those balls. We get it. <laughs> the, all the jokes you'd expect from a that style Batman movie. I also found it interesting how they kind of did Two-Face, quote Harvey Dent. When the first 15 minutes, he turns into Harvey, goes bad. They kind of show a quick montage of all mm -hmm. the different things he does to Batman and Robin. And then they make you think he's cured. And they go on for a while. But then Harvey's able to kind of later on. Regrow his scar. Regrow yeah. his scar and get rid of his scar, which I found a I also love how his suit changes twist. as well. Right. <laughs> 
I found it an interesting twist. Yeah. At least on the Two-Face character itself. And I thought, okay, you wouldn't be able to pull that off that well, really, in the live action. But for the animation, it, it worked. It really did for the plot. And I also liked the fact that you had Batman and Robin fighting each other for a while mm-hmm. when, when Robin kind of got turned into yeah. a Two-Face character. Yeah, that's right. That, that was that was kind of fun to watch. There was a lot of jokes in there that I probably should have written down or taken more time there on. There was one that I thought was really funny. At the end, after they defeat Two-Face and they're going through the city and because you know every other villain he gasses all the citizens of gotham uh-huh. they all turn into two faces mm-hmm. but uh i love they're flying around in the bat plane and robin is uh shooting them with the uh antidote and he's just i like having way too much fun, fun shooting them and batman goes robin be respectful they're citizens after all right bruce the only thing I really regret about this movie is the fact you won't get another one with Adam West. No. Because I really wish they would at least done it. You a... could tell compared to the first one, though, how, like, you could tell his voice was pretty messed up. They said on, on some of the special features that he did the recording for most of that in October of 2016 before he got diagnosed. But yeah, you could tell. There's also a couple of special features on that disc, especially if you have the Blu-ray or even probably on digital. There was a, a panel at the San Diego Comic-Con a tribute to Adam West. And this is probably about two weeks after he died when they did this. But they had uh, Kevin Smith and some other people on there as well on this panel. Lee Merriweather was on there and uh, one of the executive producers of these two movies was on there. You can tell where they cut it down were the parts about Adam West. And it's about 40 minutes long. But there were some really great stories and their time dealing with him and how he was just a great guy and how he always made everyone feel even though he probably got a thousand questions a year about, oh, what was it like to be back? Batman, all this, but yet when he talked to somebody, he always made the, that person feel special in that moment when he was conversing with a fan. He was with the guy who was moderating the uh, the panel, was telling the story that he was New York Comic Con right around the, when the first one came out, Return of the Cape Crusaders. There was George Clooney standing talking to some Hollywood executive outside this uh, panel going on, and that uh, Adam West had seen Clooney there, but he had never actually met Clooney before. And Adam West made some remark to the guy. He goes, you know, that guy really just needs to stop apologizing about his time as Batman. So they go do something. They're going back to this room where he's doing all these interviews for Return of the Cape Crusaders and Clooney's still standing there. I guess Adam West wanted to meet Clooney. So this guy goes, okay, takes him over to Clooney and he kind of goes over and stands beside Clooney and kind of interrupts him. Guy said when initially when Clooney turned around to look at him, you could tell he was kind of a little upset that he was being interrupted but then when he realized that Adam West was on the other side of him all of a sudden he said in about two seconds his face went from being angry to like oh my god there's Adam West yeah, yeah. and it, the funny part of the, about the story is by the time George Clooney the guy said had turned around Adam West already had his hand out to shake his hand well Clooney just takes Adam West's hand shakes it bowels down a little bit in front of Adam West and goes I apologize sir <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just a great story the way yeah. they told it and that was kind of funny and i said before that Clooney has nothing to apologize about that particular batman movie it's been like 15 years, years. He gives yeah, a shit. I, I know <laughs> he needs to stop apologizing for it it wasn't its fault if you haven't seen batman versus two-face or you plan on seeing batman versus two-face and if you've seen return of the cape crusaders this is just as good this is a fun ride mm-hmm. it's I, a really good cartoon yeah really really good cartoon. i could live with this if they came back and did this on a weekly half hour series i mean reinvented yeah. the batman series i would enjoy it in this form as far as cartoon oh, yeah. series because this is just so well done well, that's kind of what they did with that comic when we went over that the batman 66 comic mm-hmm. which actually had two-face, two-face. 
Scarface. But that was a monthly comic where they'd kind of just do a Batman story, Mm -hmm. but based on the... 66 style right know. should they tempt the third one because you know you can get voice actors anymore to sound like almost anybody honestly I mean, no i mean if it's good it's good but i mean the whole point of this movie is adam was, west yeah like did i you, mean did you watch the credits all the way through uh i watched it all the way through did you see the the tribute at the end of the yeah movie where they put up and then they said russ well bright night i was like bravo yeah bravo i just sat there in my chair clapping like bravo because i'm glad they actually they did that that was great. I definitely have the two movies, animated movies, Batman vs. Two-Face was definitely oh, my, my favorite. Oh, by far, yeah. Between this and Justice League Dark, yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, if, you, if you like the Batman 1960 series, you'll love those Even movies. if you don't, like, it's still a funny cartoon. I mean, oh, yeah. Like, and it works better as a cartoon, anyway, than the show ever did. Th- that's what I was thinking. I was thinking to myself, you know, if they'd have done the Batman series in the same way in the 60s, same plot, same storylines, but did it as an animation, I'm actually enjoy that show more than what i do to a you know extent. what you know what television cartoons look like in the 60s true. they were garbage true other than a few specials here and there like the grinch or something like that <laughs> yogi bear and all that it was terrible i mean i like scooby-doo and but the animation is not good well scooby-doo didn't appear until 69 but i actually have the the original scooby-doo cartoons do you on dvd yeah i've to got pretty em. much get them on dvd i've got them since they constantly make new ones, mm-hmm. you can't stream them. See, I like the original ones better than I do some oh, of the yeah. versions of those. I mean, I know they still put out a lot of those Scooby-Doo meets whatever kind of yeah. movies like they do with the animated Warner Brothers movies. And that's fine. I, and that's but, fine, like, but I grew up watching the original Scooby-Doo's, and even those, quote, Scooby-Doo movies that are like hour-long episodes of Scooby-Doo meets Batman and Robin or Scooby-Doo meets the Three Stooges, I even enjoy those a lot more than I do these newer ones of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. That's just what I grew up on as a kid. Going to move on to... Uh, a few things in the movie world here. I assume you like the Lethal Weapon franchise. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, according to uh, a report that came out in, in uh, Deadline, it's reported that Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, and director Richard Donner, who directed all four of the first four movies, have gotten together and they have expressed interest in doing another Lethal Weapon movie. If they decide to go through with this and nothing has been officially announced by Warner Brothers, is it going to happen? It's just these three have gotten together saying looking into the possibility is there a story out there that they want to do say mel gibson mel gibson mel gibson danny glover and the director richard donner have all kind of gotten together and very interested in possibly doing another movie Hmm. they're wanting to do a fifth one and the same guy who wrote lethal weapon 4 i guess if they decide to go through with us would write the fifth was it shane black no shane black wrote the first one Mm -hmm. and he had story input on the second one but after that he was never used for the third or fourth oh really i didn't know that yeah I think there's a few interviews out there or even articles that he was not really impressed with what they did after. Well, I didn't like, I liked the third one, but I haven't seen that since I was in high school. The fourth one, even back then, I knew that one wasn't, that was the one where the Chinese, or the Yakuza That was the first time Jet Li was really used, I think, in an American. The fourth one's okay. It's okay, but it's not the same. I mean, it's okay. It's definitely the lowest of the four Lethal Weapon movies out there. Number three is actually kind of one of my favorites of the group. I mean, I actually- That's the one where he fights- 
on the um, the house is being moved. That's the fourth one. That's the fourth one. That's the fourth oh, okay. one. The third one is where he meets Rene Russo's character. Mm-hmm. Buildings are being destroyed. That's right. The yeah. motorcycle chase. I actually kind of enjoyed the third one. It's one of the ones I really like to watch a lot. But anyway, they're interested in doing a fifth one, and I kind of wrote about this a little bit on my website. And as part of me is intrigued with the idea of them doing a fifth one, there's that part of me that cringes hugely about a fifth one. Oh, yeah. Because right now, as of this podcast, I mean, Mel Gibson's 61 or 62, and Danny Glover is 72 at this point. The chemistry those two guys had on screen is what really made those movies successful. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the, the fun of those movies. But at their age... Can you really still do a Lethal Weapon movie in the style we're used to seeing nowadays and not make it look stupid or cheesy? That's my issue. Well, I mean, that would be Iron Man 3. That was very similar to Lethal Weapon. Right. I think that's a really good movie. And I get it. You you still have guys out there like Harrison Ford and Bruce Willis and even Sylvester Stallone who are out there over the age of 60 in the 70s still doing, quote, action movies. And I get that. It's just... How lethal can the Lethal Weapon 5 be with those guys getting up there in age? And my only reasoning that it might work would be have those two guys' characters at the center of the story, but not necessarily at the center of all the action. But then again, you go to see a Lethal Weapon movie, you want to see Riggs kicking ass at the same time, because that's what he did in the first four. I'm not necessarily opposed to them doing it, but at the same time, it just kind of makes me kind of cringe of like, man, you do it, it puts out, and it's just a real stinker. Why embarrass yourselves? I I don't know if you have any thought about it or not. I like the franchise as it is. I I kind of agree with you. I I just kind of soon just say, let it lay. You know, you guys had a great four movies. Just let it be. What what else can they do? Right. Like, they're just action movies i don't know how they would make them come into modern day what they would do to reflect modern day so yeah it's hard to say are you interested in the shane black predator movie i never even heard about it well it's coming out on august 3rd of next year 2018 one of the actors thomas jane who's starring in the movie (laughs) thomas jane yeah it also has boyd horbrook olivia munn edward james almost oh wow got got a few other actors in here that are in this movie and shane black directing it he's also wrote the movie there hasn't really been much put out other than a quick little poster that's been put out and that's it no one really knows anything about this movie but this thomas jane put out in an interview a little bit of what we might be able to expect from the movie and it's kind of actually intriguing he says we play these veterans like afghanistan iraq war or whatever but we're all fucking crazy so we go to the va hospital to get our meds we're all like shell shock ptsd soldiers we're at the va hospital and we're in a group therapy and of course somebody flips out this is the backstory i don't think we really see this somebody flips out and we all get arrested and get thrown onto a bus to go down to the hospital and they throw this other guy onto the bus and he's a guy they've actually marked to kill because he's seen a ufo he's seen the predator ships come down so they lock him up and throw him in with us lunatics they're going to take the bus drive it down into a ditch and just all shoot us just to get rid of this one guy but of course we take the bus over and we're all like fuck that man let's go kill these fucking predators ourselves and we're just crazy enough to believe that this guy really did see a ufo and there are these aliens out there interesting interesting kind of remarks for a movie it sounds like it could be a fun thrill ride i mean from from these remarks it doesn't really say what exactly or how the predators come in or i I know shane black's pretty much ignoring everything after quote the first one that he helped write yeah well he's fortune acre first one 
one was, awesome. was one of my favorites. I think the second one is garbage, honestly. I know there are people out there that like the second one. I think it sucks. Watch it now. It ages poorly. It just sucks. It's right. a poorly made movie. It's got Danny Glover. and it, uh, it does, and Danny Glover's not at his top game, in my opinion. Well, I don't know. I think the movie's just terrible. But then you have the Alien versus Predator movies, which are way worse. Those are horrible <laughs> movies. And then I never actually saw Predators. Predators is not bad, like you said. Ignore the two and the other Alien versus Predators. If you just watch Predators for what it is, mm-hmm. really that one also ignores everything else before it other than the original. And they yeah. actually kind of make a reference to the first movie. All these humans who are, quote, criminals mm-hmm. on Earth are being plucked off of Earth and being put onto the Predators' homeworld for hunting yeah, sport game. as game. And it's really an interesting movie because there's at one point in that movie where they talk about, yeah, I've, I've heard something about this where some military commando group got stuck in the jungle and no one made it out alive supposedly alien but the government's covered it up or something so they kind of make a reference to it and you know what they're talking about it was all right it wasn't the first one obviously but for a predator movie it's definitely better than the two alien versus predator movies oh god those are for damn sure the the first one's okay no it's not okay Uh, the first one is horrible the second one is worse than the first one oh way worse the first one i thought it was like one of the worst movies i'd ever seen in theaters and then i saw the second one i didn't see it in theaters a friend of mine was like oh man it's actually pretty good and so i watched it on dvd i was well, like he lied sucks he lied to you Ooh, he killed a bunch of babies in a nursery real edgy <laughs> the whole women pregnant in the nursery area that was a little gross in my book yeah it was well that, it, that it was, was gross it was be because gross. the movie was just so shitty so they were just going for shock value oh, rather yeah. than actually making a good movie i can actually look forward to kind of see what shane black is going to do with the Predator. I mean, oh, if, he, yeah. if he did anything like he did with Lethal, I mean, not Lethal Weapon, the uh, Iron Man 3 movie, it could be fun. Oh, yeah. I know uh, Justice League is quickly approaching, but did you uh, hear that the official runtime of the movies is 119 minutes? It's two hours long. Just, just a minute short of two hours, and that's with credit. They've been getting too long lately. Right. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Henry Cavill, in a online interview, made some statements not necessarily bad statements, and it's not he's not knocking Warner Brothers or DCU. And actually, his statements sounded like, you know, Warner Brothers and DC are on the right track. But his comments were interesting. He says that the DC approach hasn't necessarily worked, and you might be able to argue that, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, in an interview he did, he's saying that the pre-Wonder Woman movies weren't exactly great. Because quote was, even if Marvel didn't exist, we'd be struggling. There was a style they, DC, were going for and an attempt to be different and look at things from a slightly different perspective, which hasn't necessarily worked. Yes, it has made money, but it has not been a critical success. It hasn't given everyone that sensation which superheroes should give the viewer. He did then go on to say that Wonder Woman shows the way forward and that the DCU seems to be on the correct path, at least at this particular point in time. Mm-hmm. He said that I think it is a wonderful time for the female hero. It is the perfect setting in social politics right now. We need it. We want that perspective. Wonder Woman has struck at the ideal time and has become a phenomenal success, which is fantastic. Any success within the superhero universe, especially within the DC universe, is wonderful because I want to keep telling the Superman story selflessly. That works for me. I feel like now the right mistakes have been made and they have, haven't been 
pander to and we can't start telling the stories in the way they need to be told. It is even better to come back from a mistake or a stylistic error into the correct vein because it will make it seem that much stronger. Wonder Woman was that first step in the right direction. I found this comment actually kind of really positive. Good. Wonder Woman was a really good movie. It is kind of funny how what they realized was just make it like a Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much felt like Captain America meets Thor. Like it was very similar to a Marvel movie tone and style and humor. But that's okay. They have winning formula and use it. Yeah, Wonder Woman was really good. The more I see of Justice League, the more I'm getting excited about it. I mean, I think it's funny that they brought on Joss Whedon to finish it up, considering he did The Avengers. And people forget The Avengers was a big deal when that came out. Mm -hmm. Like nowadays, it's no big deal. A movie like that was unheard of when that came out. Now, I did read somewhere when Warner Brothers brought Joss Whedon in to finish up Justice League after Zack Snyder stepped away from it. They told him they wanted Justice League to be shorter. It sounds like most of the reshoots he did was after he made an initial edit of the movie to go back to make all the transitions make sense and smooth between what he did take out of what Zack had already shot and then he went back to fill in the gaps to make everything for what he was editing for so it all would make sense and be comprehensive. Right. And that's what he's done. So it's still 80% Zack Snyder's movie. Right. You can say the same thing about Richard Donner and Richard Lester with Superman 2. Do you think Justice League will or won't pass the billion dollar mark? I think it definitely could. That's what everyone was expecting Batman versus Superman to do, but it never did. Because it didn't? Of the, no. It never even crossed $900 million if mark. If the marketing is really good, then yeah. If the marketing is really good... I and then critical response is good. Yeah, because the marketing was really good for Batman versus Superman, Superman, but people really didn't go back for second viewings. No. That movie was fun to look at. I did go for a second viewing, and the second time I was oh, this movie makes no sense. I don't know what's going on here. Anything else? Yes. Did you see Blade Runner? I have not seen Blade Runner. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. It's going to be completely spoil-free. Go for it. Really, really, really good movie. They did such a good job. They really captured the feel of the original. I was really afraid that they'd kind of update the feel and make it, you know, full, real fast pace and full of action and all that. No, they kept it slow and boring like the original, which is good. <laughs> it's a really good movie. I've heard everyone that's seen it has just loved it. That's yeah, come out of it. It's an amazing movie. It's, you know, it kind of goes back to when we were talking about Star Trek, how they'll probably never go back be able to that. To make that. And, you know, I, I think you're right because, I mean, this movie did didn't do very well to be fair the first one didn't do very well at the box office either no. but this one as beloved as the first one has come i'm still kind of surprised it still ended up making money it just wasn't that great last i saw it still hadn't even broken 150 million worldwide no on a movie that would cost 150 170 million oh to make. so it hasn't even broke even it hasn't even broke it even it. it's going to be considered a financial flop in a certain sense even that's though, sad because it's a really good movie right even though critics are loving it and it's mm -hmm. got a high High Rotten Tomato score and audience rating of it is really high, but for those who have seen it, but it's not making the money. That's sad because it's a really good movie and kind of shows where we're going as far as society. Honestly, they're probably going to have to start looking at TV nowadays. It's been like that for a while, but stuff like that probably should be meant for streaming on the small screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. You can do big budget stuff on small screen, but I think for movies 
nowadays you just have to do some wham bam action stuff right. in movies. They need to pick up the pace maybe a little bit on the movie. No. I mean just to no. get the audience no, or no, was no, it, no. Was, was... <laughs> uh what they need to do is probably it should have been for a small screen series, an HBO series. Okay. I'm probably gonna wait until it comes out on video. Because like Westworld it. is like that. It's slower paced and it's it's a big budget show and it the Westworld is amazing. Honestly if you get a chance to see Blade Runner in the theaters I recommend it because it is the prettiest movie I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. The landscape and the photography is just so without trying to give anything away do they answer the question to Harrison Ford what sort of question is that without giving anything (laughs) away I'm just asking do they answer it yes or no I can't answer that. You're going to have to see the movie yourself. Fair enough. I asked a loaded question. You gave me an unloaded answer back, so that's fair enough. Because even if I answer that question, you'll know what the answer is. So (laughs) I can't answer that. Okay. Was Harrison Ford really good in this movie? Yeah. He has a smaller role. He's not the main character. I didn't figure Um, he would. I figured Ryan Gosling's got the bigger role in it. Uh, What about Dave Bautista? Is he in it as much as they let you to believe? He has a small role. Small role, too? It's a really good one, though. He's actually... I remember thinking this when I saw Guardian. A surprisingly good actor for a former wrestler. Usually they're not that. There's a couple that are good. He's like really good. I really liked him in this movie. I liked him in Guardians. I liked him in Spectre. Although in Spectre he was he was more like the henchman. What you'd, yeah, what you'd expect a former wrestler to be. No, he was really good in it. It's a very small role. It's definitely worth watching. It's got some really, really, really good stuff in it. It's very good sci-fi. I have not had a chance to make it out to see Blade Runner 2049. I wanted to, but I, I have haven't. a feeling this movie's going to be like the original where it's going to be a cult a classic. classic. Maybe a little quicker than what the original got to it. Yeah. Everyone's asked me when I was at work, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it? No, I haven't had a chance. Haven't had a chance. And I've been so busy with so many other things you know with work and home life and everything else hadn't had a chance hell i mean my website's even reflecting it i was posting something almost every other day now it's like every other three days as much as i enjoy doing this working on my website just right now life has just gotten way too complicated to do the fun things in life so to speak but i still try and do it as much as i can because it is my relaxation in a certain sense i know it's hard anymore for you and i to get together really to try and do a podcast but i still enjoy it hopefully you do as well oh yeah always i think we're going to try to do a thor ragnarok podcast and a justice league podcast we have to do a thor ragnarok like we have to do one for them so i know at least those two podcasts are coming and i can guarantee you one way or another star wars last jedi podcast will come at the end of the year at some point i know there's at least three podcasts coming my uh long-awaited top 10 franchise podcast is also coming i finally have that edited it is coming and as we mentioned on that podcast that's taking me way longer than i anticipated to get put out get out enjoy the movies fellas enjoy life try to at least james i appreciate you coming on tonight really do always fun to talk movies absolutely Uh, hopefully we can do this a little bit more in 2018 obviously we'll get try and do it at least three more times and also my new contributor to my website matthew is going to join us at least probably one or two of these podcasts so that'll be fun any last comments thoughts opinions no not that i can think of all right well as always you can find james's links to his true believers on my website and you can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my podcast on YouTube and Podomatic. Thanks for uh, listening, and we'll talk at you later.